Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. This is a special episode covering the Newcastle United takeover. Sadly, not the episode we had hoped to record in the not too distant future where we announced the sale of the club to the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia. Instead, it is the news that the deal is off. It was announced this afternoon that Amanda Staveley, the PIF and the Ruben Brothers had pulled the plug on their deal to buy Newcastle United. Over the next half an hour or so, we're going to cover all the statements, all the angles, everything you need to know about this breaking story. We're sure there's going to be plenty more to come out over the next few days as well. All that and much more to come on the Everything is Black and White podcast. So just in case you have missed the news, the Newcastle United takeover led by the Saudi PIF and Amanda Staveley's PCP and the Ruben Brothers has been called off by the consortium. Plenty of statements flying around via the group via social media. Uh, we've wrapped them all up on our website. We're now joined by Chief Sports Writer Lee Ryder, who was meant to be joining a little break, having returned to cover the, the football, which restarted after the lockdown. Lee, um, can you just sum up this afternoon? It has been crazy, hasn't it? Yeah, uh, just, just when you get comfortable, uh, it's something like this can happen and look at the end of the day it it's a devastating blow for every Newcastle United fan out there because they genuinely believed that better times and better days were, were ahead now I'm, I'm not probably talking about the last two weeks three weeks because obviously doubts had started to grow uh, in people's head there's no doubt about it uh, but when this first came on the scene at the start of lockdown uh, people believed that this could be the start of good times for Newcastle and lots of big names were getting bandied around A-list managers etc etc and uh, it just hasn't hasn't materialised we've been caught up in politics um, lots of opposition lots of things that we have never had to write about you know piracy things like that so it's been a tough, tough run the last 16 weeks uh, and it's ended with Newcastle being empty-handed. So uh, what, what more can you say, really? It's, it's a devastating blow for the supporters and, you know, leaves a big question mark over what happens next at the club. It does. And the statements, you know, there's been a joint statement uh, from the consortium. We feel great compassion for the Newcastle United fans with whom we shared a great commitment to help Newcastle harness its tremendous potential and build upon its impressive and historic legacy while working closely with the local community. You know, hearing those words won't soften the blow for Newcastle United fans, will it? It'll make it worse because they they saw an exciting future. They saw ambition and desire to compete eventually right at the top. Um, in that statement, you know, they mentioned the, the timescale, they mentioned COVID-19 and the global situation in terms of investments. What did you make of what was quite a lengthy statement? Yeah, I mean, we're all just digesting it still, really. And one of the things that stuck out for me was, you know, the talk about the global sort of financial issue. But really, without that, this wouldn't have been in place to begin with because that was the reason that Mike Ashley was desperate to sell because he thought he could get a good price for the club. It was a great price for him to sell. If he did, if he'd have walked away with this deal, then I think he'd have been happy. And from what I'm hearing from the Newcastle side, 
this evening is that Mike Ashley is actually as gutted as anybody else because he now is stuck with a football club that probably isn't worth £340 million. Um, he's going to have to pay out another Premier League wage bill. He's going to have to bring in more players uh, to keep them there. And he he knows that a bargain has slipped through his fingers now. And really, from his point of view, he's got no one to blame but himself because he could have sold it in the past and didn't. Um, but this has all been caught up in politics. Um, the Premier League obviously didn't like what was on the paperwork. Uh, they couldn't process it. That's what I was told at the beginning of this week, that as the deal stood um, at the beginning of the week, that deal could not go through unless something changed. They've obviously either been unwilling or unable to change what was asked um, to be moved around, haven't been able to do it, and the deal hasn't gone through. I'm not so sure on the talk of Premier League clubs having a problem with it, because... Ultimately, it makes it a better league if someone's got a, a lot of money to spend, and everyone would be the same if if you if you didn't have what richer clubs than others. I don't believe that that's the case. I, I, can't, I couldn't see Manchester City being worried about it. I think they would welcome um, a big spending rival because that's what they like to do. They like to compete. Um, these big clubs, Liverpool, would like to, to compete. They would have welcomed it as well, I believe. Man United that we all want a competitive Premier League and realistically uh, in the last few years it's been two or three clubs you know this could have really blown blown things open and Newcastle could have been genuine contenders but look it's all um, it's all a dream at the moment you know it's it's and a bad dream like that Would you from what you're hearing from who you're speaking to have Newcastle been caught by surprise by this deal falling through were they expecting not just you know the, the group to pull out but also a, quite a lengthy statement which um, you know the statement doesn't partially blame to Newcastle United for, for what's happened but do you think they've been caught by surprise? No I don't think we have um, I think that they have known for a few weeks now that this this has been in trouble they, don't think they were told it was definitely off. They've known that this was this was in trouble. Um, so I don't think the news will come as a surprise to Mike Ashley because we wrote weeks ago, week I can't remember when it was, we wrote weeks ago, Mike Ashley is sitting in Miami getting frustrated. I mean, you can look that up on the Chronicle website. Uh, Mike Ashley is frustrated with the Premier League. So... It's not a surprise. Um, they won't have been taken by surprise at all. They they just will be disappointed. Um, and he, well, he will be gutted because he hasn't got the price that he thought he was going to get for it. So, so it's uh, it's it's just a real mess. And uh, there's words failure sometimes. And you know, you you think as you as you get more experienced that you know, are you are you shocked by something and you know. Mm. this one is it's right up there mm. uh, 12th of June yeah that story you, you were that 12th of June the story oh. you referenced in there um, mature, I don't know if that if, uh, does that mean the time's gone slowly or the time's gone quite quickly <laughs> um, today is certainly going quite quickly with all the news that's breaking just a note on some Stavely quotes in the Times uh, you can read 
and them on our website. Um, she argues that piracy wasn't an issue, but we tried to resolve it anyways, her quotes. And she also makes the claim um, that the Premier League tried to make the state of Saudi a director, which is a big claim. We'll focus, first of all, on the piracy bit there, because obviously, from what I understand, piracy was a big issue. You know, the World Trade Organization report, you know, the the tensions between Qatar and, and Saudi Arabia, banning BN from Saudi Arabia. And then yesterday you had Saudi Arabia um, appealing the World Trade Organization over the piracy rule. You know, it was back and forth. Do you, do you, do you well, yeah, what do you make of Stavely's comments? Well, the piracy thing, I think the minute that Saudi Arabia pulled the plug on um, the, the rights of being sports, their ability to broadcast Premier League football in their country. The minute the plug, plug was pulled on that, I, I think that was that was a warning sign for me that um, that all of a sudden, you know, you can't legally watch Premier League football in a country that are trying to buy Newcastle United. That didn't didn't make any sense to me. It was strange. It almost felt like, you know, they conceded defeat in in some in some respects, and I just find it very difficult. You know, when people were some people were suggesting that they're going to sit down and negotiate their own TV deal, that was impossible because uh, being sports have got a deal that, that they're in the middle of a three-year cycle, so that couldn't happen. So it just that that was for me when I felt the wheels were starting to come off here a bit, you know. I suppose the big question is what happens next. You know, lots of reports that there's more than one bidder waiting in the wings. The name out there is obviously Henry Maurice, a man who doesn't appear to have a digital footprint, which is striking a bit of concern to some. There's apparently one or two other groups as well in the background. The question is. Are they there? And, and and will Mike Ashley still be in charge? Well, I was going to say come the, the start of the season, but given it's only a few weeks ago away, you would you would assume he would be. But let's say, you know, will he still be in charge come 2021? Yeah, well, this is a good opportunity to, to clear up some, some sort of uh, confusion slash Twitter nonsense uh, about Henry Maurice. Now, we've tried, we have to be balanced in what we report and we have always said that Henry Maurice is interested in buying Newcastle United. That's what people on his side are saying. You have to report that in the same way that it was on the Stavely side. If they make a claim that they're interested um, and you get it from a good source, then you have to go with it. You know, we did that with Stavely. Let's be uh, good sports here. Give Henry Maurice a chance. What we also said was that He'd sat down with talks with Ashley, who's in America, about a possible 350 million deal. This deal, um, even the prospect of, of him saying, I've got 350 million I want to spend on a football club, that does not mean that it's at an advanced stage because it hasn't hit the Premier League owners and directors test at this stage. So you can still say there's a 350 million bid per se, but it doesn't mean it's at an advanced stage. So I hope that clears up some of the nonsense that was, was out there um, two days ago, something like that, I can't remember. And 
the other thing is now is that he's come out and said he's interested. He said he's waiting in the wings. Well, now you've got your opportunity because the table's clear. The table is clear. So now you can sh- prove to the world you are genuine, you are interested, and you do have the money. And if not, then, you know, it gets dismissed like a few other people have in the, in the past few years. And, well, yeah, I mean, we talk about potential buyers in, in, in the wings, but the focus obviously has to be now on, on the close season. Newcastle are going to need players. They've got things to sort out. Matty Longstaff's contract. They've got loan players that they, they need to make a decision on. You know, it, it's not going to be an easy summer transfer window, is it? Because if, New, if Newcastle don't improve, you know, they, they could be in danger. The bookies have seen a ton of bets going on in the last hour or so for, for them to go down. Um, how does this affect the summer? Well, it means that Newcastle have basically got a cobble of squad together now. Uh, there won't be as much money to spend because of what's happened in the world. They'll have to rely on some free transfers, one one which they've already made, another which they are hopefully in the process of making in the coming days and weeks. And there'll be loan players coming in as there has this season. So I don't think they'll have a problem cobbling together a squad, but it just won't be anywhere near as exciting as it could have been but then realistically you know we've seen one big transfer um, today with Manchester City and Bournemouth Nathan Ake you know that, that they've got that type of money to spend but even they them are going to have to be realistic about you know how much they can you know, push out in the, in the next few weeks and uh, you know there's going to be a fire sale at Bournemouth you know have to keep an eye on that because Newcastle have been linked with a couple of players already from there so there's things in the pipeline but you know it's not going to be as exciting as it, as it would have been but then again nothing you know someone with trillions of pounds potentially buying the club compare that with someone who, who hasn't got anywhere near that amount of money simply isn't going to be as exciting so we just have to uh, see what unfolds really it's a little bit a little bit flat <laughs> to say the least um, and just finally then to wrap up Amanda Stavely seemed to hint that she could return for what would be a, a third time to try and strike some sort of deal to buy the club Can you could you see that happening or do you think it's maybe best that you know that chapter maybe moves on um, it doesn't look like you know the Saudis could be back involved because of we you know what well, we know what's, what's happened with the Premier League known as Test um, so do you, do you think this is it now for Manus Daly or do you, do you, do you at, at least trying once more to, to get the keys to St James's Park? Well, this would be the third attempt to do it and, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think it's probably a better question for the general public, um, the pain bunner. Uh, how excited would you get if that was the story that you've seen on the back of the newspapers or on, on the front of the Chronicles website Amanda Stavely back f- for a third attempt how carried away would you get with that that's where you that's where you've got to look at it so look I would lo- I would love I would love to see it still um, but at the minute I just think that everyone's just digest- digesting what's uh, what, what's unfolded this afternoon really so it's hard to get too carried away about that at the moment
now joined by our football editor, Mark Douglas. Mark, just as things were all quiet this afternoon, it was like the calm before the storm and then the news broke, the deal was off. Just sum up your initial feeling when you when you read the news that Amanda Stavely and her consortium had pulled the plug on the deal. Well, I mean, just, it, 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 I suppose, shocked really in some ways because I think even as recently as sort of days ago, people within within that consortium were saying, this is, you know, th- th- this is still going to happen. I think obviously we'd, I think by now, by this point, in the last few weeks, the doubts had started to creep in and, and obviously you don't take those those assurances with quite as much, um, you know, they, they don't give you quite as much comfort as they possibly did um, a few weeks ago because you know that something's, something's up. Um, so, there, so there was an element of shock there, but I think just crushed really because it's been 17 weeks of this zero coming from the Premier League, zero coming from Newcastle, obviously nothing on the record from Consortium either. And I just feel like the Newcastle's future at the moment is is totally uncertain. You know, we keep, we're hearing about Henry Morris. I think there's, there's, you know, Luke Edwards has obviously written a story tonight saying Henry Morris available, but nobody's spoken to him specifically. Um, there's been accusations that that say, you know, that, that that is a stalking horse for Qatar, which has been rejected by Morris. Well, we just hope now that there is that that, that materialises and, and happens. We're told he's he's got three hundred fifty million pounds to buy the club. Um, it, you know, because the only way forward for this club is is a change of ownership. Um, and it's it's you know, I think deflated, gutted. I'm not a Newcastle United fan, but I can imagine how they're feeling tonight. Um, you know, they've been battered every way by by this by this deal, told that they're endorsing human rights abuses by being excited about it, told told about piracy. We've had you know, um, being sports, Richard Keyes lecturing Newcastle fans, all these kind of things. And it's, you know, for it to end like this is, is you know, I think incredibly deflating. And, you know, I think questions will be asked. I think we'll all have to reflect on what's happened, how this is, how this has happened when, you know, I think in April, um, I think we spoke, didn't we, on, on the day and I felt cautious even then, but that caution evaporated over the course of the weeks because of the way that it was being talked about the reassurances we were getting um but you know maybe i was right to be cautious in the first place and um it, it's just devastating i think probably like a lot of other journalists tonight i've had um conversations tonight that that, that probably left me even more deflated because this business plan um that was submitted to the premier league had 250 million pound in, in it um uh put aside for team building millions of pounds to be invested in Newcastle, um, training ground, the academy, all of those things that we've heard off the record have been confirmed to me tonight. Um, and what are we left with instead? Mike Ashley's Newcastle United. So a lot of questions to be answered tonight, um, I think. And will we get them? I mean, that that's that's very much um, open for debate. But yeah, I think just gutted, absolutely gutted tonight. Is there a chance that this could be some sort of tactics maybe to potentially, you know, force down the Premier League and they, we could be here in another month, six weeks, where maybe part of the group comes back, do you think? And Mana Stavely well, hasn't, she appeared to, while they've walked away now, she doesn't appear to have closed the door completely like she did, you know, again, it's, it's a replay of the first time she tried. So could we see uh, this play out again? So I asked that question explicitly tonight. Um the, the problem is, I think, at the moment, that so, so they've said absolutely it is not a tactic. This is not 
an attempt to force anybody's hand. Um, we've walked away because the Premier League have been impossible to deal with in their words. Obviously, that that is um, their their opinion. We don't yet have an explanation from the Premier League on what's happened, and, and I'm sure that their verdict will be different from 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 the consortium. They say tonight it's absolutely not a tactic, um, but and 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 they're emphasising. Look, we do not want the message tonight to be that we could come back in and buy the club. Um, they don't want that to be the message. But there is also a sort of you know you never know kind of attitude as well. They've invested an awful lot of money. Um, somebody at the PIF as as um, you know, uh, obviously their, their 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 statement tonight makes it clear that they're very excited about the Newcastle project. They wanted to be part of it. Everybody who's been involved has spoken of how devastated they are because it was Newcastle United they wanted, not um, you know, not nothing else. And and, and that I suppose that leaves uh, uh, the door slightly ajar. But then again, I would also say this is the second time that Amanda Stavely has had a crack at trying to buy Newcastle. So if they do come back in. The cynicism and the, the and the doubts will be there as well because, you know, as much as I'm kind of relaying what I've been told, I, I can't just deal with it without having any um, doubts or any uncertainty about about what I'm being told there because things that we've been told haven't happened. They say that's because of the Premier League, um, but obviously, it, it, you know, this is the second time Amanda Slavery's been in. Um, the things that we we're being told ha- didn't happen, um, despite you know. What 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 we were you know what we have been what we have been told tonight. So never say never. Football's a funny place. Some of the people involved in this deal um, were people that you never thought you'd see at Newcastle United back again, um, and they and they and they were there. You know, just like with Henry Morris. I understand there's a lot of cynicism tonight, but I'm not going to sit here and say that's that's not going to happen because I just don't know at this stage. Um, this, this, what I have been told tonight is that, that, that you know. There isn't a buyer, uh, there isn't an alternative buyer, but that's one version of the that's one version of the story. And as we've seen, you know, I think you have to acknowledge that there are more than one version of every story to do with this takeover. Um, so it's a long-winded way of saying it's not probably not beyond the realms of possibility. But the big issue for them is that unless something massive changes within the Premier League, then they can't see the deal happening because they 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 believe that they haven't been able to work with the Premier League. And so unless the Premier League changed the way that they're doing things, then they wouldn't be able to get through anyway, even if they came back, because they say that they haven't been given a timeline on when this deal could potentially go ahead. So um, uh, you know, they're saying that the investment that they've made, and it is an investment, it was always going to be a long-term investment, has become untenable because they could be going another six six months or whatever without being told. And, and the amount of money that they've put in means that you know that at some point they just had to draw a line in the sand i did ask them look well, why at this point and why not in six weeks time and they just said it just became impossible to deal with the premier league um until the premier league offer their own explanation on this that's going to be the dominant narrative even maybe it shouldn't be that is going to be the dominant narrative and um you know i think newcastle fans have been used to being told so many different things um will will probably just tear the hair out of that because Newcastle fans like me just want to know the truth, what's actually happened. Um, but the truth has been impossible to get to in the last 17 weeks. Um, and, you know, I'm just gutted, really, because I do believe, you know, they the things that they've talked about um, would have been what Newcastle United needed. And whether that was accurate or not, 
somebody clearly got what Newcastle United needed because they had factored in a whole load of things that Newcastle United did do need, which is vestments, um, openness, transparency, engaging with the community, all of the things that we need Newcastle United to be are the things that they they said they were going to do. So that's why people were excited about it. Um, and obviously tonight we know that new, we know that Mike Ashley's Newcastle can never be that, even though people within the club want it to be that, it can never be that because they don't have the right people. They don't believe that they can invest. They don't believe in, in those kind of things and they don't believe that engagement um, is possible anymore. So that is unfortunately where we stand. On the Premier League, you know, what we're hearing is that they're not going to comment at this moment. They haven't commented through the whole process. Do you think that's going to change at any point in the next couple of days, next week or so? Because if they've maintained the silence while the tests has been ongoing, can you see them changing their, their approach now and, and maybe fighting back at some of the claims from those who wanted to buy Newcastle? I think they have to. I think they have to. You know, I, I don't think there's any chance... That, that, that they that they can just stay silent. I think they'll try to stay silent, but some way or another, they need to have some form of comeback. Um, you know, they 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 cannot possibly um, leave it as it is because you know there are so many questions, so many questions for people throughout this deal, and and I just do not believe that. It's possible for them for them not to say anything. Um, unfortunately, over the last seventeen over the last seventeen weeks, we've seen that that, that, that is exactly what you know exactly what they've tried to do. Um, but I just don't see I don't see um, how they can they can excuse silence. Um, unfortunately, I, I I think at the moment they they, they don't they, they probably don't don't feel that they you know that they can talk at the moment, but they do owe an explanation and, and, and until. You know, until we get some form of, of on the record statement from a Premier League, I just feel that that um, you know that they're going to they're going to stand accused of of ruining a, of ruining a uh, one of their member cl- member clubs. So they, they have to. Will they? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, the, the, the only time that they've contacted me throughout this whole process was to um, point out that one of the lawyers that I mentioned in one of the pieces was not actually involved in this. He was involved in Project Restart instead. That's the sum total of their communication with us through this, which I think is just not good enough because we, you know, they need to talk to, they need to talk to fans. You see, you see the letters that they've sent back to fans who've who've expressed their opinions. Um, They are, you know, pointless, really absolutely pointless. Um, uh, So they need to, they need to, they really do. Lots of claims, you know, claims that uh, some of the Premier League clubs opposed the deal, claims that Mike Ashley tried to renegotiate the price because the agreed terms had, had passed its, its date. What do you make of those claims? Because they're two massive claims. Um, and uh, is it a case that we should expect this now over the next few days? It's going to be a bit of a PR battle. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Although, you know, at the moment, Newcastle United haven't said anything. Um I don't think, funnily enough, I don't think the Newcastle United. I don't think what what we're seeing is the is the um, consortium blaming Mike Ashley, um, but they're saying that obviously the delay because because the, I think he stuck to the he stuck to the terms of the deal um, throughout. Um, you know, he he he. I don't I don't think I don't think you can blame Mike Ashley actually um, 
after this because yes i think he did try to renegotiate the terms at the end um tried for more money and he tried to to um ask for some more commercial um guarantees as well at the end at the end of it um so so i well, that is the claim anyway um which hasn't yet been rebuffed by by mike ashley but i think he probably did that because he's the the six or seven weeks he's probably felt like this is not um you know this, this deal's not going to happen so he's probably gone on and, and tested the resolve of the of the buyers in the same way that i think he did with the bin zayed group from from what from what we've um what we've heard before um, but i don't think it's his i don't think it's his fault this i don't i, I don't believe it's, it's something that he's done um to, to torpedo this deal i think it's the premier league um and whatever that means in terms of um in terms of you know where we go from here. I, I, I'm not sure, but I think Mike Ashley is a, a willing seller um, oh. if he gets the 300 and 300 million that, uh, that he wants for the club, and that is the, that is the top and bottom of it. Um, on the Premier League clubs opposing the deal, I'm absolutely sure that there would have been reservations by a lot of clubs there as well. But I don't think that would have had a, an impact. Don't, just like I don't think, although they should, I don't think human rights have been taken into account in this either. It is simply the the fact that um, they don't have, they weren't convinced, they didn't believe that the um, uh, the explanations for this being, uh, for, for the, I think it's the power lines that, that were meant to be there, the ownership model, that was that was the top and bottom of it. Um, so, you know, I think those things are true. I think that Michael Ashley probably, probably did, uh, probably did try to renegotiate the terms at the end of it, but um, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's made a difference. Is a piracy for you? Do you think that was an issue? Man, of Stavely saying it, it wasn't it was, an issue. Yeah, I think it had to be. It had to be. And 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 whether and, and you know, I don't think they've been arguing for seventeen weeks about the structure of the deal. I think the piracy has to have had a, an impact. They, they they've said that it only definitely did have an impact because they they answered a lot of questions on it. Um, but they believe that a line was drawn under that um, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Um, whether that wasn't the case i don't know but obviously being sports are a major major investor in um in in uh, the premier league so that's their business model so it must it must have had an impact um but but it seems that from what the consortium are telling us the the only thing that has um torpedoed this deal is the is the belief of the premier league that you couldn't separate the pif from the saudi state um and that that seems to be seems to be what it's done, but it, but they feel that the Premier League have tried to run down the clock on the deal again without a, you know I haven't had that rebutted by the Premier League, but they feel they've tried to run down the clock on it and make it impossible for for the deal to go ahead, which they've said they've succeeded in tonight. Um, that's a very incendiary accusation uh, to make of the Premier League, and that's why I think, as I go back to what I said before, the Premier League need to respond here because they're being accused of all kinds of things, and it might be that the Premier League have have been the good guys in this, and they've. They've actually um, saved Newcastle from you know, maybe being owned by a de facto dictator, but that's not what the consortium are saying. So that needs to be answered, in my opinion. Along with a host of other questions. The question we're going to finish on, Mark, is what happens next? We've mentioned Henry Maurice there. There's reported to be a couple of other bidders in the background, well, not bidders, interested parties in the background, sorry. Um, can Do you foresee... Another bit of popping up before the start of the new season. We know it's only a few weeks away. Or are we looking longer term? Are we saying, you know, maybe the new year further on into 2021? <sighs> God, I, I, <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I just say that 
the takeover is both the biggest story in town and now the worst and most difficult to cover story in town. If you thought people were cynical about it before, how are they going to feel about it now? That is my biggest worry about it. You know, we, I, I remember speaking to you back in April, very sunny day, lockdown had just started, looking out and thinking only Newcastle could be taken over during lockdown and then sort of checking myself and saying, uh, it, it, this is going to sound really weird, but I, I just, throughout the whole process, I've never been able to quite envisage the day when it happens. I don't know if that probably sounds weird, even though I've sort of been convinced that it's going to happen. You know, I've never, I've never in my head been able to square the idea of sitting down with new owners of Newcastle United and, and um, talking to them about their vision, because I just, I think I've probably got this inbuilt cynicism about it all now. But I still allow myself to believe, and 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 now I feel like the the problem with any takeover is it's going to have to surmount those hurdles. Henry Morris's, you know, a message was passed to me that you know that that, that you know they were concerned that the way that their their bid was being covered was, um, you know, made it sound as if, um, you know, that they weren't uh, that that anything other than the Saudi bid is going to be a crushing disappointment. And that's not the case. Obviously, if he does come in and there's a Liverpool model there, which which is what Luke Edwards, I think, has, has mentioned a few times, then, you know, when they're open and they do the things, the engagement and all those kind of things, then then that's fantastic. And we will get really excited about that as well. Um, but I think the cynicism comes because this is the first bid that's got to owners and directors, whereas something's been agreed, the money's been there. Before then, it's always been Peter Kenyon getting to the point where he's had advanced talks but it hasn't got to owners and directors or Bin Zayed saying all these things, but never got to owners and directors. This is the first bid that's got there that's had owners prepared to spend money, uh, big money. My worry about a takeover now is, you know, you're now in a situation where next season, my understanding is 25% of the, of the ground will be full next season. How do you make money? What revenue streams do you have to make money and make your investment work if that is indefinitely the situation how do you make money selling players and, and having a player trading model with so much uncertainty around the football club um it's still a club with tremendous potential but those revenue streams are going to be hit by what's happening with covid so what happens with a takeover how does that possibly happen newcastle united have been preparing for this for weeks you know steve bruce and you know they've been there's a business as usual mantra has been trotted out for weeks and weeks and weeks so they are prepared that is the one sort of saving um sort of slight silver lining in 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 this you know horrible horrible day is that you know newcastle united although they've been taken by surprise about the the timing of it they they are not surprised that that they're going to have to be planning as if it's not going to happen because that's what they've been doing for weeks and weeks and weeks. And, and I do think, that, you know, to be fair to the club and Steve Bruce and, and, and the rest, they've been planning that this isn't going to happen. That that's been their, that's been their um, reality, I think, for, for weeks and weeks, even though they hoped it might be an alternative situation. Um, but in terms of a takeover, I mean, I just, I, I think we've got, Morris has got to move quickly if he's going to, you know, if, if he's going to do it. Um, clear TV are going to have to be very clear. They're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to do some some pretty um, quick quick work on this. You know, we've been told throughout that Mike Ashley's convinced that they they are serious. They've, they've got the money. Well, they're going to have to prove it now. And the cynicism isn't necessarily on 
Morris. It's, I feel sorry for him in some ways if he is genuine and, and doesn't want to do it because cynicism is coming from the fact that he's, you know, the timing of his deal, his, the fact that you can't find out much about him on the internet. He's not a very high profile figure, um, but that's not his fault. You know, if, if he's going to do it, then he's going to do it. Um, but, I, I, you know, I think there are other people there, but whether they, the problem will be that nobody, nobody will be prepared to spend 300 million pounds on a football club in the current situation. So will Mike actually sell it for less or we get back into the, how, how willing he is to, to sell for a price that he doesn't feel is right. So, you know, I feel at the moment, unless um, there can be some backroom deals done with, with PIF, you know, the government are obviously going to probably have a say in this as well. There'll be some, some displeasure there, I would think. Um, unless something happens there, um, I don't see an old Morris, um, comes with the money to the table. I don't see anybody else coming in anytime soon. But as we've seen throughout this whole process, things can surprise you, can't they? They can indeed. And actually, just this will be the final question. Any word on what happens to that deposit? Because a lot of questions have been asked on social media. What happens to the, the, the reported £17 million that the, the group put down uh, right at the start of this process? Goes into Mike Ashley's back pocket. Sure Not bad, is it? <laughs> He's done all right out of it. Um, but it's not quite the same as 305 million, is it? Which I think he was he was hoping he was going to have, which would have been an absolutely fantastic deal for him, by the way. He'd have made a profit on the football club, sold it at a time when the industry is absolutely in tatters and he was going to get that money to invest in the high street and um, and try and you know, sweep up as many businesses as he could. Whereas now, I think he's he's not got that. So I think he he want he wanted to sell. Um, he certainly did, and he wanted to sell at the price that they were offering him. Um, but he will get. I think he will get that money. Yeah, I, I did hear early on that it it, it wasn't necessarily non refundable. But I think from what I've been told tonight, that that is that money is that money is 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 his. So let's hope he sees fit to put it into the football club and invest it in players and recruitment because. I tell you what, judging the way they ended the season last year, um, you know, they've got to improve from 13th. You know, I think they did they did well in spells, but it wasn't a great season. Um, and they've got a big, they've got a big, big task now coming up the summer to re-energize people, which I think is actually impossible to re-energize people. The only way they can do that is by um by investing in good players and 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 you know turning people's minds around um in the summer. But it's a big ask for, for Steve Bruce. To be fair to him, you know, he's 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 done. He's done okay, hasn't he? And, and the season ended badly, but it was a very strange season. Um, so I, I, I'm not, not too not too worried about that. But the team's coming up. It's not going to be easy as it leads West Brom. Um, you know, they're both gonna, they're both probably going to invest a little bit of money. So Newcastle um, are just going to have to dust themselves down and try and try and keep the club going. But I think without a takeover, I can't see a new age for the football club, and that's a big, 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 big worry. So now joined by Kieran Kelly. Kieran, we've just been saying there, we recorded your season review, which will go out over the weekend. And I'm going to have to dive back in and edit quite a large chunk of it because we did mention the takeover, not in a necessarily positive light, but a light that we thought it, it would still probably go through, um, even if it took a few months. Here we are, and it is off. Everyone's read the statements. You know, Everyone's on our website, hopefully reading the live blog and what have you. Um what do you make of what's happened this afternoon? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm still quite gobsmacked. Um, I, I think we were saying earlier that it was, there's no such thing as a normal Thursday in these weird 
circumstances of the world. It was probably one of the more quiet Thursdays uh, in terms of Newcastle United in, in a while, you know. You, it was really, really quiet. And then half three, obviously, I think that the bombshell drops. And, you know, it's, it's one of those shocks that, you know, part of you had at one stage consider, oh, this might not go through. I think everyone was at that stage. But it, when you still see it like that, it was, it was, it was, yeah, I was, I was genuinely like mouth, mouth on the table, you know. And I think we, we all wanted clarity um, from the Premier League, but um, not many would have thought that it would be the actual consortium uh, pulling the plug, as it were. So it's, it's just, you know, I, I feel for the fans. I know this takeover was far from perfect. There are so many issues with it, with human rights, and how Newcastle United have been continued to have been thrown into an absolute tornado of geopolitical warfare. But um, I think it's probably the the realization that you know this summer it's it's and more of the same really and possibly even worse because we just don't know what effect coronavirus has had on the club's finances so um, as we were talking about before it's um, it's almost like you're going to this season now thinking that the best chance Newcastle had of maybe pushing on has, has, has probably been taken away from them and, and that's obviously heartbreaking for, for the fans It is indeed and it's, it'll be more heartbreaking reading, listening, watching about what the consortium say they wanted to do I think obviously the, the caveat has to be that it's it's easy for them to say this is what yeah. we were planning, um, but if you know if you do take it at face value, they had exciting plans. They say they wanted to you know invest in the city as well and in the people, which I think is perhaps been missed by some, especially given the impact of COVID nineteen. The, the economy is going to be up the spout essentially, and you, you you were you had the chance to bring in multi million pound investment. Um, so that's going to be a big blow. And of course, on the pitch, the desire, the ambition to move forward is going to be a, a huge, well, it's not going to be a, yeah, a huge loss to Newcastle. Um, I suppose if you never have it, you maybe don't miss it. But um, yeah, what were the consortium hoping to do had they got the keys to St. James's Park? Yeah, you know, I, I feel even bad talking about this because um, I know it's not what the fans want to hear, um, understandably. But um, yeah, I mean, the. The plan had been that they would invest kind of 250 million over five years, so that's 50 million each each year, um, and that they would invest in redeveloping the club's academy. So a big part of their their plan was that um, they would look to have um, the academy continuing to produce, produce rather um, as it has been. You know, to be fair, particularly this season, we've seen a couple of uh, really good examples come through the academy, and they want to build on that. And obviously, the the aim really was just that those um, grassroots level that people don't fall through the net. You know, we've seen going back many years of, of great Geordies who've ended up being picked up by by um, other clubs around the country. And I know Newcastle have been working hard on doing that as well. And that was, that was central to their vision. So as much as, you know, um, we've been kind of wondering what they would look to do with that, all that money, it, it, you know, it was quite sensible, you know, to... They treat it as a long-term investment, um, have a knock-on effect on on the city, as you said, when it comes to investing into the city. So, you know, it's a 250 million figure for the club, but it would have been above and beyond for the the city itself. And obviously, in a time like this, that would have been welcomed. Um, They had had a lot of talks with 
leading figures in the in Newcastle, the city that is um, over the past past few years, really. Uh, when you go back to Manchester, these original interest, and that's obviously something that um, is going to be affected as well. So. Yeah, it's 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 not nice to look at what could have been, uh, particularly at this stage. But you know, it's I suppose it just makes you realise just how uh, what would have happened potentially. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm still still in shock, really. <laughs> so I guess the focus now, Kieran, is what happens next. We've got a summer transfer window, which is open. And you know, players need to be added to the side. We've also there's going to be a, have to be a lot of damage limitation, isn't it? Isn't it to this? Because there's going to be a fallout from each side. Um, let's talk about the Premier League because a lot of people are going to want answers from the Premier League. From what we're kind of here in the Premier League at the moment, aren't going to really shed any light on what's happened. Yeah, is that really acceptable? I know it's a but you know it's a confidential process, and you know they probably don't want to share details of a business dealings or you know how the, the test went. But surely Newcastle United fans need some sort of explanation from the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's the frustrating thing. I mean, I suppose that argument could could be made legitimately. The a previous intervals in the past four or five months however long it's been nearly five months um uh just just going by how how they've been publicly about this process i think to be fair to the Premier League, they've, you know they've been almost uber safe with it no comment no comment even when masters in front of a camera it's the same um part of me worries that that's not going to change in the coming weeks um you know that they'll view it as the process is concluded, there's nothing more to add kind of a thing. Uh, but for Newcastle fans, yeah, they, they're old, they're old communication. It sounds so simple, but um, we go back to last summer when Benitez went, that felt, you know, seismic. It's 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 almost, you know, nearly uh, just over a year on, it, it feels similar, you know, that an absolute bombshell has been dropped and the fans have to pick up the pieces again and think, it's, it's another kind of blow to their hopes and, and their their dreams and I know Newcastle you know they they rightly finished 13th this season um, but fans want to go into a new season with a bit of hope and a bit of ambition and they they just don't have that at the moment and you know it's funny that this come a day after Bruce speaks with Mike Ashley of course about planning for the new season and you're just thinking in the way the coronavirus has affected the club and Ashley's own businesses haven't agreed to sell the club. Is he really going to be putting his own money back in now? Um, and bear in mind, you know, his go-to answer <laughs> over the years when, when people would bring this up with him would be like, well, what would you do if you own the club? Would you put all your personal wealth into it? And that's his go-to response that shows you his way of thinking about football. It's not like most football club owners and it looks like, you know, Newcastle are going to go into yet another summer window with that kind of a mentality uh, at the very top. I think they're, they're good people in the club who, who want to take it forward. But as long as Ashley's the owner, we know there, there is a ceiling. And, and that's the most gushing thing, I think, for, for the supporters. Mike Ashley in all of this, you know, you, you could argue that, look, he's accepted the deal from his side. Yeah. Um, it, it's difficult because 
you know, there's, there's claims that he moved the goalpost at the final, the final hurdle, which of course them claims need to be verified. Um, is he? It's difficult to ask the question: Is he blameless without actually verifying that fact? But what next for Mike Ashley? Because <laughs> he's, I mean, yeah, it's a difficult. <laughs> I don't know even how to ask the question other than, you know, if it, because it, let's say if the claim that he has moved the goalposts turns out to be true, um, you know, the anger is going to be through the roof. Yeah. If, if it's not true, he's still going to get a lot of flack when, in reality, other than accepting the bid and, and letting the, the consortium go through the process, he couldn't really have done much more. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, like, like you've, you've said there, you know, is he going to spend any money this summer? It's a difficult, it, you know, it's yeah. a difficult one, isn't it? To, I mean, yeah. What next for Mike Ashley? Yeah, and I know if he just puts out another one of those kind of copy and paste statements, I don't think that's going to help either. You know, I, we, we've, we've kind of, we've not had much communication with any from the club over the, a really turbulent 13 months. Um, you know, those key points, you know, you go back to the Binzaya thing, very very different process I know but uh, again that that was just supporters didn't really know what was going on and um, with him like what I would say uh, this is the furthest it's ever got doesn't really mean anything I know but he he it's proof he is a willing seller in, in the, the initial acceptance of you know th- those talks I imagine they weren't straightforward uh, he, he's a tough negotiator in every aspect of his business so to have gotten to that stage, it felt really, that's why I think we were all like, whoa, this has never got to this stage before. You add in the involvement of, of you know, proven funds uh, and the backers involved, and you're thinking, you know, this this could be what Newcastle need, and obviously that, that hasn't come to pass. So um, I think Ashley will, was probably as surprised as anyone to still be the owner. Um, and I, as I said, I just I just don't know how unless he's feeling very generous. Um, why after taking a hit from coronavirus himself, he would feel like he's obliged to put money in. I don't think he'll see it as um I need to put more money in even to keep them safe because they finished thirteenth. You look at how he was when they finished fifth, it was like, oh why would I push on from there? You know, I I, I bought CSA mid season, you didn't get Champions League. You know, so what? Um, I think that's just the way he thinks, and I think this will only accentuate those kind of characteristics in his makeup. We we know him. We don't we 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 don't know him at all, but we know how he thinks, don't we? Over the past thirteen years, so um, yeah, yeah. It's it's. I think the only saving grace, and this is ridiculously clutching. Um, it's come now. Um, if this had happened, you know two days before the transfer deadline or something, at least in a weird sort of way, the club, they're still in this purgatory, but they know um, it's actually for for the for this window, don't they? And that's that's really not a consolation. But for someone like Bruce, I think for him he'll it gives him that clarity in the weirdest possible way that okay, we're we're just going as we were then. And just finally, from what you're hearing from, you know, either side, I mean, is is our Stavely's, how good are Stavely's people with um, the events of today and, you know, pulling out of Bayern Newcastle United? 
Yeah, this is, um, I mean, you, it goes back so far, you know, you think of the original bid came to light in, in 2017, but think of all the groundwork and, and research that went into that bid. And then they go back and they, they have to find an, another backer to really make it watertight, they, they, to, to kind of establish those links with sovereign wealth funds and, and to get them on board. Uh, that takes a lot of effort. And then, of course, you're dealing with Ashley and, and coming back after essentially sources close to him have said she's a tire kicker. So you can see the persistence that she's put into this. But ultimately now she's had two two bids that haven't haven't gone the way she liked. So um, it's, it's a real body blow. And you're just looking at the situation and why the, the Saudi Public Investment Fund have been very aggressive during this economic climate. Are there any other kind of people who are going to want to buy a football club at the moment, particularly for the price Ashley would want? Um, and when we're starting from zero again, where Newcastle's safety isn't assured, it, it goes back to the start of the circle again. So, um it's 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 uh, it's just I think everyone is kind of lost out in in some ways. You look at Ashley; he's, he's lost out of money. Uh, the bidders they trying to take over this football club. They had a business plan in place. They've lost out on all that energy and the money they put into that. And the fans, of course, um, you know, were really hoping that this could be the moment that Newcastle could start to have a bit of ambition again and, and they've lost out so it no no one really has won this and of course the Premier League even they will be thinking you know this has been almost like an albatross around their necks um, and that process probably has to be reviewed now uh, that test because uh, you just it, I mean the Southampton one I was kind of thinking is it going to go the way of that where it takes eight months but you know it's the, the thought of that taking eight months just would have been unimaginable. But um, yeah, it's just been a, an absolute tornado of a, of a day.